0: Thanks for listening to the New Numa Godcast today. As always, we ask for your support, and there are several ways you may do so. The first step is subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. We're on iTunes, Anchor, Podbean, Google Podcasts, and many more. Did you know that testimonies are one of the biggest ways to build credibility? Well, that's why we need the following to happen, which is one of the most important things we may ask from you. If you're on iTunes, once you subscribe to the podcast immediately before life kicks in and you forget about it, rate the podcast in two easy steps, which are only available on iTunes. First, give us a five-star rating, which gives us more visibility in the podcast rankings. And after you rate the podcast, write an inspiring comment about the podcast that will tell others why they should listen to the podcast. Second step, follow us on your favorite social media platforms. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Parler, and YouTube. Third step, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Fourth step, subscribe to our email list at newnuma.com forward slash subscribe. Last but not least, notice how none of the above steps cost any money. However, if you care to give to the mission, You may send as little as 99 cents per month, up to as much as you would like to send into this ministry. Just go to anchor.fm forward slash new dash NUMA and scroll down to where you will find the support button. Click there and the rest will be clear. Once again, we appreciate you and your support. This is Norm from the New NUMA Godcast. Peace.
1: Hey friends, Abner Suarez here. You're tuning in to the new Numa Godcast. Be sure to download, subscribe every week with my dear friend, Norman Brown, who has a guest that will bring you insight, understanding, and tools to equip you to live in this world as God intended you to live.
2: You are tuned in to the New Numa Godcast,
0: hosted by Norman Brown, a.k.a. Professor, and Justin Foster, where we address the taboo from a biblical view. Our podcast is all about real talk with new life. And quite frankly, you'll either love it or you won't, because we deal with tough topics that the church rarely touches. Somebody's got to do it, and that's why we exist. So just sit back, chill, and enjoy the ride,
2: This is going to be good. Peace. All right. Cruz Cordero. What's good, my brother?
1: What's up, fans?
2: Yo, man, it's good to have you on here on New Numa Godcast for the first time. What's good, man?
1: Yes, How you been? Oh, man. oh, I've been doing well, man, just navigating through these perilous times that we're in right now, um, you know, uh, doing what pretty much everybody else is doing, just, uh, uh, trying my best to, um, to, to care for others and care for myself during this pandemic and, um, and then continuing to grow and strive, you know? Yeah, I feel you.
2: So, um, I just want to get, give a little brief introduction as to who you are for the for those that are listening in um so mm-hmm. the way that I was introduced to the cross movement was I was at a bookstore, a Christian bookstore it was nineteen ninety seven and the ironic thing about it is I had just had a um I had just been praying uh probably a few months before this happened, I think, and I had been praying about. God like opening up the avenue for Christian rappers to come out that were going to be as good as the ones in the world or better than them really. And, um, and I was just really, cause I was pretty much upset with Christian music as a whole. I felt really disappointed, um, as to how horrible it was as far as I was concerned. And, um, so I actually kind of, I cried out to the Lord in a, in a, in a in a way where I was like, Lord, you know, I'm tired of all this whack music that Christians are putting out, especially when we're supposed to be those that serve you and we're supposed to have the best of everything. So I was like, until you come out with Christian rappers that are as good as or better than the ones in the world, then I'm going to be continuing to listen to what I've been listening to. You know what I've been listening to and you know it's not. Edifying to me, but it's got the beat and the rhythm. I mean, it's got the lyrical flow that I like and all that. So that's what I want to hear. I'm not listening to the corny stuff. So right. I literally, I literally prayed that prayer or you know had that conversation with the Lord. It was right around the time when Wu Tang Clan came out with their um, Wu Tang Forever Wu-Tang album. For, oh, Wu Tang Forever. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. When they yeah, came out. Yeah, man, when they came out with Wu-Tang Forever and, I, you know, especially I guess the first one that really hit me was Triumph. And I was so mad because I was like, oh, my God, what in the world? And we don't have – and at that time I was like, we don't have nothing in Christian rap that can can mess with this. Nothing can touch this. And I was so upset. And I was like, I can't believe that they got these beats and the rhymes and all that. And it just blow out any Christian rapper that I've heard up to that point. So again, this was 1997. And then, mm-hmm. um, about a month or so later, I ended up going to a, um, a conference in Georgia. And it just so happened that in this conference, they had a session where they were talking about music. So I brought up Christian hip hop and then I was talking about how that's influential but the church was pretty much still rejecting it and not allowing it to flourish in the church. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, and then after I brought that up, there was a guy after the whole thing was over, he came up to me and he was like, yo, I heard what you said, but, uh, yo, I know about a bunch of Christian hip hop artists that's underground right now. And yo, uh, let's, let's exchange information and I'll, 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 I'll hit you with these, you know, these groups or whatever. So he ended up mm. putting me on to Tunnel Rats, to, um, mm. uh, 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 what's his name? Car- oh, Los One. Um, Los One. Yeah, Los One. Um, from yeah, Florida. Yeah, I know Los One. Yeah, man. Raiders of the Lost. Um, mm. I mean, it was a lot of groups that he was putting me on to. And when I was listening to that music, I was like, wow, I didn't know, I had no idea these kind of rappers existed. And I still to this day don't know how that guy found out about all this stuff, but he was he was sent by God. He was sent by God to change my whole perspective of Christian hip-hop and where it was going and, you know, what state it was in and stuff like that. So I realized, what I started realizing at that moment is that a lot of the Groups that actually had a sound that I liked were underground, and they weren't being accepted by the so called mainstream Christian music labels right. and so based on that, that was why they weren't being heard but anyway, my point is this: a couple more months later, I see the the album Heaven's Mentality in a in a bookstore, and I was like, "Oh, snap, okay." And then I pulled it out, put that CD in and it was like that bottom line is from that point on, I was tuned into the cross movement. And mm-hmm. you guys were actually the only group that I was actually listening to that I really liked like that. And there might've been a couple of other songs or some other groups here and there, like gospel gangsters. I used to listen to a couple of their songs. Um, And that was about it, man. It wasn't really nobody still around like that, not at least mainstream. And it was hard to get a hold of anything underground because there wasn't, like, some social media stuff or nothing like we have now. So it was just one of those things. But the bottom line is, man, when I came across you guys, it was just like, finally, okay, somebody's coming out with something that actually is, you know, is is cool, I like it, or whatever, whatever. And you know, I started following your your um your movement. So mm-hmm. as with everybody else that I bring on here, man, I just want to tell everybody, y'all listen y'all listening to this is Cruz Cordero. He is one of the members of one of the most influential Christian hip hop groups ever. And they were definitely the ones that set it off for this new, these new generations that are coming out now, if it wasn't for cross movement, they would have not been able to do a lot of these groups that are out here now would not been able to do what they're doing. Now cross movement was trailblazers. And here, here you go with, uh, you know, however many, uh, members it was, but it had like over 40 albums put out by the record label and, and not only that, but it's like because of the time frame that you guys came out, it's like you didn't get the kind of recognition or accolades or whatever you would call it that you should have gotten based on what you did and and mm-hmm. still how it's affecting Christian hip hop to this day, man. So anyway, to all of the audience, I just wanted to let you know who you listening to, so Let's get into your let's get into your story, man. So, tell us about where you're from, how you how you know how your childhood
1: was, all that kind of stuff, man. No doubt, man. No doubt. Um, first of all, that was an amazing introduction. Um, I'm encouraged and, and honored that you will put us in such a high category as trailblazers and you said something interesting um when i was hearing your introduction to to hearing cross movement it was about, it was about the sound right you wanted to hear somebody that uh sounded just as good if not better than the secular rappers that you were hearing right and it's interesting you say that because that led to blessing you in a mighty way. Uh, I'm pretty sure that it went from the sound to it really ministering to your heart. And that's been the story that we've been hearing through anybody who has been hearing, uh, our music in the past. And so like, part of what we did was first and foremost, it wasn't the, it wasn't the central reason but we wanted our sound to be good, right? We were, we wanted to be good rappers. We wanted to, the lyricism to be on point. We wanted the beats to be on point. And we knew that if we had that part down, then the greater, that's the lesser part, but even if that lesser part was on point, the greater stuff like the message that we brought, the, the boldness that we came with was going to be even uh, more blessed or more of a blessing to the hearers. And just hearing you say that is just warms my heart because it just confirms a lot of the choices that we made back in the days um, to do those things. And so, yeah, man. So thank you for that introduction, man. Um in terms of me man I, I grew up in uh in, in philly um, that's where it all started um, um, I'm an East Coast cat um, grew up in Philadelphia to be more specific, I grew up in North Philadelphia to be even more specific, I grew up in West Kensington a a really grimy area in North Philadelphia, and I didn't grow up in the church. Um, to a lot of people 's surprise, like with all the doctrine and all the the, the 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 focus on Christ and the faith, you would think that I was raised up in that, but i wasn 't um, I grew up in a Latino family that were religious because that was part of our culture. Anybody who uh, uh, grew up in the hood, um, whether you're African-American or Caribbean or Latino, um, religion was a big part of your life. And for me, my family members fell in two categories. They either were, the, were Pentecostal or Catholics. But in terms of my own household, the, the, the household that I grew up in, we didn't go to church. Um, we talked about God. And in fact, I got my theology, I got my hearing uh, about God um, from pretty much three areas. I got it from the people who would knock on the door early in the morning that you would, like, hope that they won't hear you. (laughs) The JWs, right, the Jehovah's Witnesses, they would come uh In, <laughs> and they would knock on the door, and once you looked out and you saw the suits, and you because they would come early in the morning, and usually on a Saturday morning, so that was the 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 the, the time you were sleeping, or you, uh, you you you're like you know snuggled up on the sofa or looking at Saturday Saturday morning cartoons or whatever you know, um, but the last thing you want to hear is somebody you know talking about God, and this was before I even knew what were jehovah witnesses right so um you know but but when we did answer the door you know they will break down um everything about uh god and jesus and and this lifestyle that you live because of that right and then it will give you the the watchtower bible and i will actually read that watchtower i will read it and i'm like oh okay yeah This is the same stuff I I see on TV, which was the 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 second way I heard about God and Jesus Christ. Uh, Every every Christmas or Easter, a Jesus film will be on. My favorite Jesus film, uh, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, right? It was a uh, five-part miniseries. I don't know if you remember that, but it was a five-part miniseries. It my, it, to this day, it's actually my favorite uh, Jesus film. Um, and I got the gospel there. Like, it was clear. That's the beautiful thing about the gospel, is that the gospel is so clear that it doesn't even have to be told to you with words, eventually with words. But... I saw it through the uh, through cinematography in a film, and um, and I'm like, oh okay, God sent a savior. His name is Jesus Christ, and he came to pay for the sins of the world. That's what I got from the film. Oh, and they crucified him. Oh, yeah, like it got really deep. And then, oh man, he's dead. Oh shoot! He's rising from the grave. Like to me, I was blown away. But it was it wasn't touching my heart. It was just um, for me. It was like, whoa, that's that's interesting. And 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 so so then I and then I heard it from my Pentecostal family members who will go to church every day. If you know anything about Pentecostals, they go to church every single day. Oh, I and, definitely uh, know about them. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, that was that was my um my first encounter with Jesus Christ is was through my family um but it was it wasn't deep in terms of knowing why he came down to to die for the sins it was just superficial it was on the surface um and so and then and then there was another way when you were Travel in the streets, and you would see the evangelist on the corner preaching on his soapbox or passing out tracks and that was the extent of it um but it wasn't until uh high school that things changed um and if please uh cut you know uh interrupt me with any questions to to so I can elaborate on things um but i'm gonna go So, I, I i yeah. I I did want to ask you, man, like, so are you Puerto
2: Rican or Dominican?
1: Um, I'm Puerto Rican. Um, um, Boricua. That's, you know, but, um, I I was, um, um, yeah, I grew up in in North Philly, which is, um, I have Dominican family uh, members. Um, but, um, but my family, uh, was Puerto Rican. Actually, my dad, who never met his father, um, is said to be mixed with um with cats from Barbados um, and uh his father was from Barbados um but he never met his dad, so I could be mixed or whatever but um but you know we all the same if you're Latino, you all have like the same heritage and 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 culture I and mean, we all come from the same you know place or whatever um yeah. but, but like yeah. So I'm um, but I grew up like in but the thing about North Philly and Kensington, it's domi- predominantly a Latino community, but it's mixed with African-Americans and Asians. OK, so it's a really diverse and Italians. Like there's a section in North Philly called um, Fishtown in Richmond, and that was usually the Irish and the Italians. And I grew up in a in a time where it was really segregated where you wouldn't go into those areas and they wouldn't go into our area you, they would be found in our area, so they'll get beat down and if we were in that area we they, we would get beat down you know so um yeah 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 if if so, you was to listen to any news clips from that era, there was a lot of like racial tension uh back in those days, yeah yeah
2: man, so basically um when you were in that situation of having having a kind of you have a religious or um a sense of knowing a little bit about Jesus or whatever but you're not into him at all you're not going to church and all that so what was it like as far as like um what were you getting into as a youth like what kind of stuff, like were you getting into the
1: streets or right, like what was going on well, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, so, so it wasn't and i' I'll, I'll get into that, like it wasn't so much that you know i um you know, um, I wasn't into uh the faith, I just didn't know a lot, and the things that I did know didn't attract me, like I did go to Catholic Church and Catholic mass, but I couldn't relate, right, you go in, you dip your hands in water and you put in you do the form of the cross, you kneel down before a statue and you sit down on the bench and you hear this priest talk about things that you don't even understand, like, you know, and then, um, and then in the Pentecostal church, cause I've been to a Pentecostal church before those, before I became a Christian, um, it was so ultra supernatural experience, like the, the, the Holy Spirit and all that. I, was, I couldn't relate with that either. I'm like, it's so out of the world. Um, like one, the the Catholic church for me was just so liturgical, uh, and then the other was like so emotionally driven that, and, and these are words that I wouldn't have used back in the days to describe that. It was just something that I couldn't relate to. Um, but the reason, but I, but it, I, but it appealed to me like, like when I found a Bible at home, I would read it. I remember flipping through a Bible. And years later, I discovered that the, the the book that I was flipping through was a Watchtower Bible, but I'm flipping through it, and I'm really not reading it because as soon as I start reading it, I get bored. So, I, But this Bible had pictures, so I would look at the pictures, and I'm like, hmm. This was like the story of Jesus. And it was. You would see this depiction, this, this figure, right, of Jesus and him being nailed on the cross and then people crying. I don't know if you ever looked at, like, the Watchtower um, pamphlets, but it, there's a lot yeah. of pictures. Yeah, so there's a lot of pictures. So I would look at the pictures. I would see, oh, there's people crying. There's people in pain. Oh, Oh, there's a picture of people starving and him, you know, breaking the... The bread and the feeding of five dollars I'm like, oh, I get it, and I correlated that with the film that I watched, Jesus of Nazareth. So it attracted to me, and the reason why it attracted me because of the environment I lived in. This is going to answer your question in regards to what I was into. Um, I grew up in a time where crack was the most popular drug heroin and crack was the most popular drugs on the street once uh it hit the drug market, I saw my community that I grew up in just look hellish. Um, I grew up in uh Kensington, West Kensington, and I grew up in third and um, in fact, <laughs> since you probably listen to secular rap um there's this is a rapper called Petey Crack. He was um, he was part of... Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. He was from my area. I knew him. And um, so that area um, was drug-infested. You would walk down Diamond Street, or you would drive down Diamond Street, and literally the hustlers would jump on your car, like, jump on your hood, because they're thinking you're rolling through to buy drugs, like... The only reason why you were be rolling through that area is to buy drugs. But we lived in that community, so like we rolled through there because we were going home, and so like they would jump on our car and like, hey, we got we got you know we got dimes, we got nickels, dimes and dimes, boom, and we would just keep riding. And um, but you know these are our neighbors, so I got to know many of them, and the schools I went to, like I mean, it was unavoidable. Um, but I got into things, but I never really, really went deep, um, and there's a reason for that. One, most of the the families that I grew up with was were, were single-parent homes. I grew up with a father and a mother, and I think that truly helped um, when I was growing up in that area. Uh, my father would lecture me, uh, we still pre Christ. We still in the BC days, <laughs> uh, before Christ, right? But he would lecture uh, me, um, and I would listen, and I admired him because of the things he would say out his mouth. I appreciated him because he was in my life. Because most of my friends, they didn't have dads in their lives. So the fact that I had a dad, I, I, I saw that with pride, and and I looked at. I looked upon that with admiration. So when my dad talked, um, and I'd rather have him talk to me than give me a whooping, because <laughs> he would give me a whooping sometimes. But, like, no doubt. you know, I would love <laughs> that, that he would lecture me, and I would listen to him. Um, um, I saw, I mean, I, I guess, I guess logic. Like, I saw a lot of my friends at that. And this is, like, I mean, early teenage years. I saw a lot of my friends getting smoked and and dying young Um, and so like I just didn't want uh, that life I didn't want to be that uh, a casualty of that but of course man grew up in the hood you know you got into your brawls you got into your fights Um, I remember my first fight it was in third grade Um, this guy just kept you know talking and talking and talking and I'm back in the days like um, I'm unlike who I am now like I talk a lot now and I'm I have a lot of energy. But when I was a kid I was really mild and just quiet. And I guess you know how people saw that as weakness. They see a little quiet dude minding his own business, he must be weak. Um but I just you know, I just was to myself. But this guy was just testing me and testing me. And he was one of the bullies, one of the thugs in the in the in the in in the school that rolled with other thugs that would just, you know, um 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 scare people. You know, use fear tactics to scare people. And he just kept talking and talking. And he just got me mad. You know, I don't know if you ever got mad to the point where, like, somebody just kept talking and talking and just got you irritated. And I think he said something oh, yeah. that really pushed my button. And I just jumped on him. I jumped on that, too. And I never got <laughs> into a fight before that. But it was just the anger. I jumped on him. Started. Uh, we started fighting. And everybody started instigating. You know how it was back in the days. They're uh-huh. they like, ooh, Markel. Like, I'm saying the dude's name. I even no, remember the guy's name. Like, Markel, <laughs> oh, you just got to beat them. Like, so they all instigating, saying, man, Cruz beat you up and all that. So I'm thinking it's over, right? Nah, it's not over. The guy's like, okay, we're going to fight at 3 o'clock. Meet me at so-and-so street. Now, by that time, I'm scared. I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm going to be in an actual school fight. Before that was just anger, me blowing up, right? (laughs) That had a lot Uh of adrenaline, and I just jumped on them. Now all that adrenaline is gone, and I got to fight this dude. So I was really scared that day, looking at the clock, like the whole day, like is it time yet? (laughs) Oh shoot! (laughs) And and uh, I don't know if you went to a school like I did, but. Your friends and your classmates, whoever heard about the fight, they would not let it go. They would be, like, on your side, like, making uh-huh. sure you're going to make the fight. They exactly. even escorted me to the fight. And, <laughs> and I'm like, there's no way out of this. Everybody knows. I got to get to this fight. So I'm in this fight, and I just had the hands. Like, I had some hands. And I, I just took them. I was quicker than him. I was faster. I mean, I was just I was just accurate. I mean, everything he did, It was an epic fail, <laughs> and and I beat him up. And um, that was when I really started to change because now I had the respect of all the thugs in the, in the in the school, and now I knew that I can fight. And so I went from the guy who was being bullied to being rolling with the guys that were bullying. And so uh so I wow. had part of that. Then I have my cousins who were drug dealers and I've seen some, some ratchet stuff come from them. And, uh, so yeah, um, never like, yeah, I have my shit of, of, of the thug life, if you will, you know? Yeah. All um, right. So, yeah, um, man. um, any question, any follow up questions? Yeah, man. So basically,
2: um, after this, now we're i'm gonna fast forward a little bit, so at what point did you um see that you needed to give your life to Christ? was that like in your childhood or was it later on like in your twenties
1: or something like that? No, it's actually at the age of sixteen, and so um. Part of another another detail I left out was um, I was an artist. I grew up in a family of artists. My mom is an incredible artist. My father is an amazing artist. My sister is a was a triple threat growing up. She she did acting, she did singing, she did dancing, and she did visual arts. And so I followed in her footsteps. She went to the school called uh, it was a performing arts school in Philadelphia. And uh so I went into that school. I auditioned, got accepted because I was a visual artist. So part of that too kept me out of trouble because my mom, I mentioned my dad, but I have to give a shout out to my mom. My mom did a lot of things to keep us out of trouble. Um, when summer came, she would put my mom, up, she would put my sister and myself in, in, in summer programs and art programs. So I was part of, Art camps, I was part of performing art camps, and then i i i addition to for this um for this performing art school got in and there is where I became a Christian. I was sixteen years old, and um I met this girl named um Rhonda, but before I met Rhonda, I used to hang out with this guy named Oni, and Oni would tell me um Hey man, I like this girl. I want you to meet her. I want uh tell me what you think about her. Uh the only thing is that she's a church girl. And so, you know, I think that's gonna be a problem, you know, because I really dig her and all that, but she's really committed to her thing and I'm like, Oh, okay. So he introduces me to her and um and so we start to form a relationship. And at that time I was actually part of this taping of a dance show um that will that will uh tape every sunday and uh and that's that's how I met oni. He was at the school and I also met him at the uh taping and so we became good friends um but at that time at that crucial time, like you would think that it was it was a high point in my life, and it wasn't um uh, around that time, there was a lot of things going on in my family. And I and and my family was just breaking down. Um, My sister, my older sister, was getting into a lot of trouble, Um, and that had a deep impact on me because I looked up to my sister. Um, It was just me and my sister growing up, and I didn't have any brothers, so she was my role model, and I would look up to her. But she was getting into a lot of problems. She she dated a lot of drug dealers. She just got hooked up with the wrong crowd, and I saw a girl who was talented um, who I looked up to who got A's in school and got so many awards and all that just go down the wrong road. And then my family um, was going through a lot, too, uh, between my mom and my dad. And, And at that point in life, at age 16, I actually came to the conclusion that there was no God. I always believed in God, like I said earlier. I always was, religion appealed to me um, because of my surroundings, uh, you know, and and it gave me something to pray. I would pray a lot. Uh Before I go to bed, I would just get on my knees and I would pray. And I would really pray for a long time. It was not like just a little quick prayer. I would just pour my heart. This is before I became a Christian, bro. I would pour my heart out to God. I'm like... Because I would pray about everything. I would pray about my community. I would pray about my family, my sister, everything. Everything that was just bothering me, I would just pray. I was like, I don't know who I'm praying to, but I'm praying, and I'm just talking to this God that I've heard about in the TV and these books, right? Um, but by by the age of 16, I started to lose faith in that, and I started to realize or or believe um that there was no God. So I thought. So when I met Omni, me and him was actually supposed to um, get a drug corner to start dealing drugs. And that was the probably the worst thing I've done in my life um, because I wasn't doing well in school. And I said, man, I'm not doing well in school. You need to do well in school in order to get to college. Well, if I'm not doing well in school, my college um, hopes are gone. So I guess the best way to, you know, survive in this world is do what everybody else is doing, selling drugs. So only and I would literally go to corners together and ask people, can we, can we sell for them? Literally, we were like, we were looking for a job like he would do like a regular job with a resume and all that <laughs> we well. would just like go to different corners like hey can we work and believe it or not that we would get turned down <laughs> like you, you do in the regular like you we would get turned down it's like nah we got enough we got enough dudes in the corner we got enough peewees you know what I mean like we, like, it was crazy, but we were literally doing this. It was like, yeah, we, we, I could be your watch person. Like, when they didn't need somebody to, to, to sell drugs, we, we were like, well, can we just be your watchdog? Like, we just, you know, can we make a little bit of money out of that? Like, we got that on lock too, you know? So, it was funny, man, that <laughs> when we wanted to do bad, uh, you, know, I, um, you know, in retrospect, God was keeping us away from that, right? Yeah. Um, but like, so that was my time like like and what I was going through. And then I met Rhonda. Bro, this is a crucial turning point, man. I met Rhonda. She's a great friend to this day. Love her. She's like my little sister. Met Rhonda. She's this church girl. We in the cafeteria, right? And we uh listen to music. And um and she says, Hey, have you ever heard of Christian rap music, bro. This is 1991, right? I'm like Christian rap. No, <laughs> wait a minute. Is there such a thing as what do you mean Christian rap? He's like, yeah, <laughs> who's a pioneer? If you don't know who D Boy is, go look him up. Oh, I know exactly who he is. And I know uh, that. I him a pioneer. Uh I consider him as someone that even cross movement stood on the shoulders of, right? Um man, he was, uh, he, he like, was taking away from us right? too soon, man. And I'm just blown away because this dude is just talking about Jesus Christ. <laughs> talking about, he got this song called Drop the Mic, and he's killing it. Now, in comparison to the stuff that started to come out in the mid-90s, it's probably whack, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, but I loved what I was hearing. It was still great. The music was still great. And um, and um I believe that is where the turning point came, where I started to doubt God, and then God used that to bring me right back. Yeah, and, man. Um, um, yeah. Yo,
2: yeah. I, I just wanted to say this for the people that's listening, because a lot of people, because they don't understand the origins of Christian rap. I actually was following Christian rap since 1985. When it wow. first came out, when Mike peace came out, cause he's the, he is the very first that I know of to this day. He was the very first Christian rapper that ever came out with an album or anything like that. So I was on, he was on my radar Steven Wiley was on my way up radar. Right. And then there was a whole yeah. lot of other people after that. But the point is, D-Boy, I had kind of, like, gotten a little whiff of him. I didn't ever, I don't know if I actually had an album of his, but I had heard about him, and I knew I heard some of his music. And then all of a sudden, I don't know exactly when this happened, but I remember being somewhere, and I, I read or something about how he was killed. And I was like, what? Yeah. And I I couldn't believe it, man. I couldn't wrap my head around that. And to me, that was like, he is the one and only that I know of to this day, at least the one and only Christian rapper that I've ever heard of being murdered like that. Right. Like I never, I've never heard of that murder type of stuff in Christian rap, but he was murdered because he would go out there in the streets, go to the gang members and all those kind of people. And he would minister and whatnot, man. He was on the front lines. And so I just wanted to say that for the people. Yeah, Yeah, man, I just want to say that for the sake of those that are listening who don't know the history of Christian hip-hop because Christian hip-hop, you know, the story of Christian hip-hop is not told by the, um, the mainstream media. All they ever concentrate on is the worldly rappers. They don't ever talk about the Christian rappers. And, um, and it's like, that's why, you know, I'm glad about, I don't know. You probably have, have you heard of Darius West? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So So I'm I'm glad that he came out. Huh? What was that? Uh, um,
1: yeah. 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 I'm here. I'm here. Um, uh, that was my, my earphone, so I'm sorry. But, like, yeah, like, like I'm glad you're saying that, too, because a lot of people, like, sometimes, like, I hear a lot of people, you know, coming to more and Pioneers, and I like, like, I get what they're saying, but sometimes I cringe at that because, like you said, prior to Heaven's Mentality, there was a whole host of Christian rappers doing th- this thing. You got SFC, uh, Soldier yeah. for Christ, You got Dynamic Twins. Transformation Crusaders. Transformation Crusaders, Freedom of Soul, even Grits, all of them became prior to us. Even, um even Tunnel Rats. Because Tunnel Rats yeah. featured on uh, on Freedom of Soul. Like, they were on the Freedom of Soul album before they even came out with a solo album. Because the the, the, the guy from Freedom of Soul actually started to produce for them and all that. So, a whole host of rappers, uh, Dynamic Twins, um, Idol King, I mean, a whole bunch of dudes so when we say when people say cross movement is pi are pioneers i think what they mean is that cross movement and i know we're a little, a little we're running forward we'll go back to what we were saying but like cross movement is a pioneer of a certain sound of christian hip-hop and yeah and, yeah uh, yeah yeah so we'll talk about that later you know but um but i think um you know D-Boy, right? I'm hearing D-Boy. And, and if you go and listen to him, he might sound whack now in comparison to today's music. But if you were in nineteen nine in the 90s, early 90s, he was one of the dopest lyricists. In fact, I think out of all, he was really killing it on the mic in regards to the lyricism. So, but for me, it wasn't even about the sound and the, um, the artistry. I just was blown away that he was talking about God at a time yeah. where nobody was talking about God in rap. And if they were talking about God, it wasn't the God of the Bible. You know, it was either either Islam or um, some other um, philosophy that they was promoting, right? And so I was just blown away. And I believe that that was the time where God got my attention. And let me tell you something, um, Norman, Light. Like, I couldn't believe that like like I said earlier, I got the message about God through T V, looking at these films, right? I got the message through looking through some book with pictures in them, right? And then I got it from the guy in the corner with a, a handing out tracks. N- And and in T V evangelists. You would flip through a T you know T V and you would see somebody like um like Billy Graham on television or somebody else sharing the gospel. Right? Now I'm in the cafeteria hearing it from a rapper. That blew my mind. Because I'm like, this is what I kept asking myself after I heard D boy. I said, what's so important? about this thing, about Jesus Christ, that now a rapper is telling me about it. <laughs> and that's why I kept asking myself. I'm like, what is it? What is it that I'm missing? <laughs> that's what yeah. I'm like what? like, what is it that I'm missing? Because now a rapper from the hood, from Houston, Texas, is telling me about Jesus Christ in a rap. That's when I started to really, really... Consider what I was hearing, and then Rhonda, she just coupled it with, "Yeah, I go to this church, and you know, I'm a Christian." And her boldness, man, like the the boldness that she came with was just like because she didn't fit the mold of anything I heard or saw before. Certainly, the 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 rap. The rapper that I was listening to didn't fit the mold. So I was just blown away. I'm like, okay, what is it about Jesus Christ that now is coming to me in in, in the form of rap? So that's when I started to really consider uh, a Jesus Christ and think about it. But I still wasn't all in. I was like, okay, there's something to it. I don't know what it is, but there's something to it that I need to know, Right? So one day, one Sunday, I told you that I was part of this like this this taping of a, a TV show. Um, you with me? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm 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 this I'm part of this T V show. It was a dance show. Early uh early eighties I mean early nineties dance dance T V show. Um and um me and Oni would go. I wake up early in the morning one Sunday um, and this was actually after I've already attended a youth group event with Rhonda, because she invited me to her youth group. It was a Wednesday. I remember they would meet every Wednesday, and I and I, I just went to the church. And when I tell you about the church, you're going to be blown away. But I went to the church, and um, and and they're there, and, and I'm here. I'm hearing uh, Pastor Nate Morris talk about Jesus. I'm looking at different people, the multicultural church. I'm like, wow, this is so different than what I thought. And so I go, I wake up early in the morning one Sunday. I go to my friend's only, knock on the door. He answers the door. Half like, he's not even dressed. He's like, it's almost like he just woke up from the, like he rolled off the bed and answered the door. And I'm like, listen, we're running late and you haven't even gotten dressed, Right. I want to make it to this taping, right? So and so is going to be there, such and such is going to be there. I can't miss the show. And he's like, Cruz, you forgot. They changed the schedule. It's not every other each, every other Sunday. <laughs> I'm like, oh, right. <laughs> so I'm like, it's early. It's probably <laughs> like seven in the. M- it's seven in the morning. I'm all dressed up. And, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm feeling really stupid. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like, it's not every other thing. <laughs> <laughs> so so I'm walking home like like, like he's from a walking distance from my house, right? I'm walking home. And I'm like, dang, man, what a waste. I'm up in the morning. I can't fall asleep. I can't go back to bed. And then I remember that Rhonda invited me to her church. And I'm dressed up, like I'm dressed to like, like I'm dressed to kill you know what I'm saying I'm like, um <laughs> oh, right i can I can go to the church that's perfect. my Sunday morning is not wasted. I'm dressed up uh I can go to the church, they meet like like around nine a m so um, so I go to the church, i meet uh to uh a surprise Rhonda, and um just letting you know, I mean, it was the last time I actually went to Oni's house to go to the TV show because what I saw at the church, man, um, was just different races, uh, a clear presentation of the gospel, Um, you know, and I didn't even know what the gospel was. I can say that now, right? But, like, I just... And you know what? I, I, I couldn't even explain it. I couldn't even tell you what it was. It was just it was it was it was anchoring my soul. And it I just didn't want to leave this place. I didn't want to I, I wanted to continue to be at this place. I saw people singing, holding hands, and then they're and then the, the, the pastor will have testimony time where he where the members would get up. And they would just share how their week went, and I was just like okay this is this is interesting um so you know i don't need I don't need to give you more detail other except that I started to come to the church and participate in the youth events. By then, I just liked the crowd, I just liked being around the crowd, and keep in mind, remember everything is not. everything is not working well with my family right my family is broken Um, my sister's getting in trouble um um actually um my mom just had uh two more kids you know so I had two more uh two siblings two younger sisters and um things was not going right but I just loved I just loved be around like it was the opposite of my community i came from a broken community busted up broken family right things weren't working right and then this environment was just the opposite of that it was hope firm it was whole it was it was filled with love and care i just wanted to be around that and so i started to be around that started to participate in the youth bible studies I would just go to the youth Bible studies to just hear Nate Morris, uh, the youth pastor, um, teach. And um, I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, but I like it. (laughs) I just like what I'm hearing. (laughs) And one day, one day, man, I can't explain it, my man. One day, I will go home from a youth event. I'm filled. I don't know what I'm filled with. But I'm filled. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I'm just filled with something. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't help smile. I couldn't stop smiling, right? I go up to my crib, go up to, upstairs to, uh, my bedroom, and once I hit my bedroom, I just fall on my knees. I fall on my knees in, in exuberance. I fall on my knees with joy. It wasn't I fall on the knees because I'm like, you know, I'm I'm in pain or anything. I fall on the knees because of the weight of the joy that I was experiencing. So I'm on my knees. And I'm finding myself thanking and praising God. So I'm like, you know, I'm thanking him. I'm thanking him for for being in my life even before that. Cause I saw him in my life throughout the, even when I was a young kid. I'm just thanking him, thanking him, thanking him. And then these words come out my mouth. Thank you for dying for my, my sins. Thank you for loving me when I was busy hating you. These were the words that was coming out of my mouth. Thank you for, for being so good to me. Thank you for showing me grace all these years. Thank you for sending me this rapper D Boy. Thank you, thank you for allowing me to meet Rhonda, and, this, and then, and then I just said thank you for 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 forgiving me of my sins. And that's when I broke down. It went from joy to a contrite heart to some to a painful experience because I it was there and then that I started to realize all of my life i was living separated from this god who was nothing but good to me separated trying to live life without god believing that this world can be godless and it and it and it just hit me it just hit me and that's when i believe i got saved it wasn't even a prayer like come into my life lord you know it wasn't even the sinest prayer it was it was An acknowledgement that God, A, was already in my life doing wonders ever since I was born. Even though I was born separated from God, he was still in my life being good to me. That broke my heart because I was running away. I was living. Yeah. Yeah, you go ahead. Please, well, you know, please, please, yeah, please interrupt me because I will go on and on and on.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I was gonna say though was interesting about what you said there. People, people act like there is a certain prayer that you pray to get saved, and there's no such thing. And that's why, like, it kind of annoys me when people say the sinner's prayer. Like, there's no scripture in the Bible that says this is the sinner's prayer or anything like that. Bottom line is when it comes to being a Christian, the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that He was raised from the dead, you shall be saved. The bottom line right. is if it's something that you are confessing, it's not that you you got down and said, Jesus come into my heart. You know, we right. don't even see that in the Bible. We don't see that anywhere in the Bible. All we see is people right. that are they they get approached by the apostles or whoever it was that approached them, and they say, you know, like specifically when uh, uh, Peter and them went somewhere and they were like, yeah, um, have you all uh, been baptized in the Holy Spirit? And they were like, we never even heard of such a thing as a Holy Spirit. And then right. that's when they just said, receive you the Holy Spirit or whatever. And then next thing you know, they have, they've been filled. But nobody said, Jesus coming to my heart and you know nobody said anything like that <clears throat> no doubt so, and so like so I I, I feel the I, same way I I feel the same way you feel man because I was having this conversation with my mother just just yesterday and the the mm-hmm. the, the thing that came up was I said my um I never asked cuz I, I had recently interviewed my uncle and in my interview I said I forgot to ask him when did he receive Jesus in his heart? And my mom mm-hmm. made a comment. She said, "Well, you know, I don't know if your your uncle could even tell you that because, I mean, I can't even tell you that because I just all I ever knew was going to church and God and all that stuff. And I just know that at some point, I just he he was in my heart. So I can't right. even give you a date uh, a date and time or whatever. And I and I had the same story. And that when it comes to that. So it kind of like, it kind of amazes me sometimes when I hear people that say, on June the 10th, 1964, I received Jesus. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm glad you know that. I don't know what date it happened for me. I just know that it was. But um, anyway,
1: um, so I want to get into. um, Great great observation. I mean, I think. um...
0: Thanks for listening to the New Numa Godcast once again. This is your host, Norm. Follow me at NormTheProfessor on IG and also follow Justin at JustAsWritten on IG. I'm in agreement for power and breakthrough in your life. Keep tuning in every week for that real talk, new life.